Some people believe that January is named after the Roman god Janus, who had two faces. Janus was considered the god of beginnings, gates, transitions, time, duality, and doorways. According to the myth, the reason Janus had two faces was one was looking backward and the other looking forward. Such as January, a time to reflect on the past and also make resolutions for the new year. Janus was also the god over the beginning and ending of conflicts, like war and peace. How fitting as we enter the new year 2022. 2021 was full of conflict, and the new year offers plenty of intrigue, challenge, opportunity, and hope. Join me in the Economic War Room, where we will dive into what we may face in 2022 and what we must do now to prepare. In our last episode, we took a look back at 2021, a very strange year indeed. Now we look ahead at six key events to watch for in 2022, seven challenges we will face, and five things we must do in preparation. This should be a good year, but that won't always seem obvious. You'll want to have the Economic War Room Library and our economic battle plans handy throughout this year to navigate what lies ahead. Let's start with the six key events we should watch out for in the coming year. These are major, as this will be a year of significance in more than one way. The first key event will be the Federal Reserve will try to raise interest rates. They're already signaling a desire to do so. This will be momentous. In fact, during my entire professional career, spanning almost 40 years after leaving college, rates have been on a downward trajectory. Interest rates peaked in 1982 and been falling ever since, as shown in this chart from the Federal Reserve. It's important to note that we're now experiencing 1970s levels of inflation, but interest rates are just a fraction of what they were back then. Think about this. If you have cash, you can loan it to the federal government for 10 years, and they promise to pay you a measly 1.5% per year. And yet inflation is running at a recently reported rate of 6.5%, and according to John Malden, it may be over 10%. That can't continue. Rates will be forced higher, and this will have enormous implications for the economy and your finances. Higher interest rates will be a drag on some corporate earnings. Banks will be among a few sectors that will benefit, at least at first. But a whole lot of investments that look smart when you could borrow money at 1.5% or less may not look so good if rates move higher. As an example, if you could get 5 or 10% on bank deposits, would you be willing to speculate? Think about some of the sure deal nonsense that people have been pitching to you with no hope of ever earning any real money. Stock prices will have to become more realistic, don't you think? No more P.E. ratios of 500 or more. Somewhat offsetting the interest rate rise, hopefully, will be the return to a real economy with the end of the pandemic. That's our second prediction. This is sort of a bold prediction as the Omicron variant seems to be building. Omicron sounds menacing and threatening, like a bad Transformers villain called a Decepticon 
or maybe Marvel Comics' new foe after Thanos. But the reality is that panics tend to burn themselves out over time, and the people of this world really have had enough at this point. We're seeing protests in Australia, Europe, and even in the United States against the draconian government controls installed over the past year. This is a pushback from the people, from the courts, and from the medical community. The momentum is building here, combining with the cracking of the narrative, we believe this will be unstoppable. By the way, I read the findings from the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic as recorded in the number one New York Times bestseller called The Great Influenza. Let me share a few passages that seem remarkably instructive, but sadly were ignored. It does seem those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Here's a summation quote at the end of the last chapter. So the final lesson of 1918, a simple one yet one of the most difficult to execute is that those who occupy positions of authority must lessen the panic that can alienate those within a society. Those in authority must retain the public's trust. The way to do that is to distort nothing, to put the best face on nothing, to try to manipulate no one. Judging by how people are reacting, I'd say our government failed at that one. By the way, this book has some interesting insights on the usefulness of masks, lockdowns, and vaccines. If you want to get the Cliff's Notes version of the 546 pages, I can tell you that they didn't work very well in 1918, and the author saw them as a failed strategy. Keep in mind, the 1918 pandemic killed up to 50 million people, and compared to the world population at the time, was far worse than COVID will ever be. And yet, we failed to learn from this history. But it does seem likely that the pandemic will informally end this year. Expectation number three. With the election, the country will move back to the right. We expect the Congress will return to Republican hands, even as state legislatures and state governors increasingly turn red, as in Republican red. We expect the pushback for election integrity to intensify as well. The Republicans have had all the momentum at this point, with Biden, Harris, Pelosi, and Schumer as the head of the Democrat Party, not to mention Cuomo, Whitmer, and Newsom. It seems unlikely that the Democrats will have the energy to stop our momentum. As the pandemic winds down, look for efforts to rein in mail-in voting and nursing home ballot harvesting. Plus, the tricks of Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg in funding Democrat strongholds will be challenged. The effort begins now to clean voter rolls as well. This will be a major thing in 2022. But number four, we expect some very liberty-centric Supreme Court rulings this year and some very interesting court cases are winding through and the court has clearly moved to the right in the past few years. If the conservative justices stay healthy, we could see some important check and balance return to our government. This will have its own pushback as well, and we'll explain that in the next segment. But for now, let's enjoy the fact that the court will likely step in to stop Biden's overreach. Number five, we also expect a serious pushback by both states and the people against woke corporation. There's already a strong effort started with StopCorporateTyranny.org, a wonderful coalition that we support. This group has been successful at raising awareness. When the people wake up about woke, they get mad. No one wants their snack food company funding critical race theory, so people are starting to speak up with both their voice and their wallets. In addition, multiple states have made it known that they will not work with banks that are trying to punish the traditional energy industry. This is huge. Here's a headline from The Federalist. 
15 states threaten to pull $600 billion from banks that won't give equal service to the energy industry. Number six, this ties in with our sixth key event. We expect in 2022 that states will take back their constitutional authority. The 10th Amendment to the Constitution is plain in its language. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. With the massive power grab of the feds, it seemed as if the states were becoming less relevant. That's about to change this year. Not only have the states become more assertive, so have the people. And we expect the courts to back them up. This will be powerful for liberty in the new year. It offers a new hope, so to speak. As any Star Wars fan knows, however, a new hope is followed by the empire striking back. We'll have to take a break. When we return, we'll see how the evil empire will bring us seven new challenges we'll have to face. There are a lot of reasons to be hopeful in the new year, but that doesn't mean that 2022 will be without challenge. We're in a war for liberty and the other side will not go down easily. Here are seven major challenges we'll have to face. First, we can expect the evil empire to strike back. If the courts rule for liberty, expect the far left to push for court packing. We covered this in episode 163. Basically, when the left doesn't get its way, they want to add Supreme Court justices who will agree with their view. Because most people expect Republicans to take control of the Congress in the next election, the Democrats also feel pressured to take action now. They'll want to push through as many as possible of their New Deal ideas. This may require court packing. It may also require ending the filibuster rule in the Senate. Those are power moves, and if executed, they will not be able to give up power for fear that these weapons would be turned against them. Desperate people use desperate means, so we may see some extreme political efforts this year, and there will be draconian laws and mandates we'll have to fight. We may even see electoral changes attempting to benefit progressives. We may see a push to draft soldiers, including women, and we will no doubt see further tax hikes with attempts to provide major wealth transfers. That's why we have to be watchful this year. There will be incredible political pushback. The number two challenge we'll face will be the fallout from the pandemic. We haven't really felt the pain economically from the serious dislocation caused by the lockdowns. We've seen some inflation and supply chain issues, but the pain of unemployment hasn't really hit, mostly because there was so much stimulus pumped into the economy. Keep in mind, that one of our six major events expected for the new year was the withdrawal of monetary stimulus accompanied by higher interest rates from the Fed. This is where the pain will start to be felt. Think of it like going off pain meds and into physical therapy after a bad accident. It's not very much fun. We'll be challenged by the facing of dislocations of COVID without big government checks. Or if they keep giving government checks, we'll be challenged with even higher inflation. It's simple economic fact. The third challenge will be for investors. Just like the economy, the stock market has enjoyed a serious sugar high. I'm not saying it will crash, but choppy and challenging are likely what we'll have in our future. People felt good when the stock market rebounded so strongly in the midst of a panic. Unfortunately, this was pulling forward a lot of the normal gains. Now those have to be worked through and paid for. This will start in 2022. Expect a difficult investment landscape. The fourth challenge will be budget woes and a serious challenge to the U.S. dollar. 
When people realize that our federal government is already $30 trillion in debt, it will come as a shock. Then, when they realize that interest rates are rising and that debt could soon cost three or four times as much in interest alone as we're paying now, there'll be a panic. A 6% interest rate on our debt below inflation will soon cost almost $2 trillion per year in interest expense. To put that in context, that means that our interest costs alone will soak up half our annual tax revenues. And then the spiral will begin because we have to borrow an extra $2 trillion just to pay interest. Having low interest rates has hidden just how bad our total debt really is. We're already spending about two million more per year, two trillion more per year than we take in. And an extra two trillion in interest and things go downhill very fast. Interest rates go up and the pain is even worse. This will be a challenge this year. If we don't face it now, things will get even worse next year and far worse the next. It's not impossible, but it's very challenging. Number five, the government in power will be tempted to ramp up rather than reduce the stimulus. With the coming election, the Biden team will likely try to send additional checks to every family. You can call it vote buying because that's what it will be. The challenge part will be to push back. As long as people are getting checks to stay home, the economy will be dislocated and the debt will be rising. America needs an intervention and it will be up to us to do it. This will require massive education. The people will have to decide whether they want free market capitalism or socialism by voting themselves checks from the public treasury. The good news is that the draconian and really inept efforts of the first Biden year aren't all that attractive, checks or not. Challenge number six, China will act out and we may see an Islamist attack from Afghanistan. China understands that this may be their year. It's the year of the tiger after all. And here's a description from the Chinese Zodiac. They say, with stubborn personalities and tough judgment, tigers work actively and express themselves boldly, doing things in a high-handed manner. They're authoritative and never go back on what they've said. Now imagine Xi Jinping as the tiger. He knows that the Biden presidency will be a lame duck if the Republicans take back the Congress in the midterm elections. So it may act decisively now or wait a long time. We expect Chinese aggression, maybe even against Taiwan. We also expect Iran to be aggressive and possibly a terror attack to be launched from Afghanistan. Any of these could be domino number one in a series of unfortunate events. If there's an attack, we expect an attempt to reinstate the draft and to conscript women in the draft. Biden and team will be hoping that the patriotic goodwill that supported Roosevelt, Truman, and G.W. Bush would, be, would help his political standing. I don't think it will, but they will certainly try to get a wartime halo if at all possible. This will make Biden seem hawkish even as he sold us out in Afghanistan. Look for the administration to speak loudly even though they carry a small stick. Saber-rattling, especially in the media, will suggest we're getting close to war. Ironically, I expect this to backfire and actually hurt Biden's polling. His far left wing is against a strong military and the conservatives will never trust him. Despite all this, we do believe that there will be a summer of international struggle and that will only add to the other challenge we will face, even with the Olympics. 
Challenge number seven, we'll have energy problems, including serious threats to the grid. We already know that the Biden energy policy is crushing domestic energy development and making us more dependent on expensive foreign supplies. We also know that demand will grow as the economy reopens. Add to that the push for electric cars without new power plants. Together, they spell energy crisis. Maybe one in the winter and another in the summer. This will be troubling and difficult, but will only feel catastrophic. The American energy industry is prepared to ramp up as soon as the government constrictions are removed. Open up a pipeline or two, allow fracking, and things get much better quite quickly. And this, of course, is how we will see a serious push on the climate change issue in early 2022. They have to lock in control before the crisis, and they still have some political power. The new, new Green New Deal will be front and center. As the pandemic fades, the new big bad will be climate change. I don't believe this will work out very well. The government lost so much credibility over COVID that it'll be tough to get the voters behind draconian climate controls. Bottom line from all seven challenges is that this is a time we must fight for truth, justice, and the American way. But if we do fight, we have a very good chance to win, not just for ourselves, but the next generation as well. As President Reagan said, if not us, who? If not now, when? We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have five things we must do to prepare for the battle ahead. How should you prepare for the new year 2022? There are five important things that you can do to protect your family and that may just save this nation. If you write these down, remember, we'll recap them all in the economic battle plan for this episode. You can get your free copy and access at economicwarroom.com. So action step number one. It's for you to be trained at the local level. You've heard the phrase that all politics are local. There's some truth in that. Alan West once told me that the most important elected position in America is the school board. If you paid attention the past year, you understand just how important the school board is to the future of our nation. Whether we teach critical race theory and a hatred of America or patriotism, free enterprise and liberty will largely be determined at the local level. In addition to the school board, you need to get involved with your local government, either as a leader or supporter. We've seen with the local mandates and controls of the pandemic just how much power is held by mayors, the city council, and other authorities that really, they're just your neighbors. You can run for office, or you can just decide to befriend and support your local police and firefighters, the Parks and Rec Department, and so forth. Reach out with love and kindness and change the climate around you. Finally, don't ignore precinct captain and poll worker. Two political parties control this nation. The local precinct is where you start to control the political parties. If you're like me, you're fed up with the elitists running everything. The good news is that you get trained and you can operate at the local level. Along with patriots in other areas, we can take back the power to where it belongs. We, the people. Number two, stock up. Were you caught off guard without toilet paper or medicine when the pandemic started? You weren't if you were following the economic war room. The message today is that supply chains are not yet repaired and things could become more difficult this year. You don't have to be a full-blown prepper. You should become prepared. We may see shortages and we may see some hoarding as people buy things ahead of inflation pressures. But if you remember the 1970s, you have a good idea of what we may be facing. Keep your cars filled with gas. Don't wait to the last minute. Be aware that there may be power outages caused by weather or other circumstances. Keep that in mind when you buy groceries or medicine. 
This is not the time to practice just-in-time purchasing. Keep an extra couple of weeks of necessities available. In Texas last February, we saw what happens if the power goes out unexpectedly, even for a short time. We expect dislocations. If things were to get really bad, you might pull out the economic battle plan from episode 106. This had a citizen's survival guide in case riots were to hit your city. The detailed planning is hopefully more than you'll need, but it's always great to be prepared. Number three, we say it all the time, but we mean it all the time. Weaponize your money. This is an economic war. In an economic war, your chief weapon is your money. Jesus taught in Luke 16, 11, and I'm paraphrasing, if you aren't faithful with your money, no one will ever trust you with true wealth. There are three things you can do with your money. You can spend it, you can give it, you can invest it. This is really important. I know you may have a budget and it feels like everything's already accounted for. But I can promise you that if you don't step back at the first of this new year and reevaluate your financial life, you may really regret it as the year progresses. Take a look at your spending. Make sure it counts. Don't buy frivolous things. Instead, make sure your pantry stays full, your cars are in good working order, and your essential repairs are made. This is not the time to add consumer debt if you can avoid it. Yes, we expect inflation, so the debt may cost a little less in the future, but inflation will not pay your bills. You should also watch carefully what your suppliers are doing politically. Do you really want to support woke? If a corporation is funding critical race theory, do you want to be funding that corporation? Because it really is your money. A good example of aligning your spending with your values can be found with Patriot Mobile. For full disclosure, I'm on the board of Patriot Mobile, the nation's only Christian conservative cell phone company. You should check them out, though. This may be a good cell phone company that you want to support. In terms of your giving, well, let me start with the idea that giving is good. If you aren't tithing, maybe start there. My wife and I have found that tithing, setting aside a first tenth of our income, has been a huge blessing. That's a starting point. We tithe to our church. We believe the first tenth belongs to God and that God blesses those who tithe. If you read in the chapter 3 of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament in the Bible, it basically says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there be meat in his house. And then he, God says, prove him wrong. If he doesn't open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that you won't even have room enough to contain it. And you're going to need that blessing. It may be a tough year. I want that blessing on me and my family and I want to share that blessing in giving. Just be sure that the place you tithe is worthy, that they do good things in line with God's will. If not, look for a new church. Beyond tithing, you can also give, and that's important. But you have to make sure that the place that you give is aligned with your values. A lot of people give to their alma mater. Before you do that, you might want to check in on the school. Has it gone woke? Most have. Here's a way to fight back from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, headline, alumni withhold donations, demand colleges enforce free speech. Some baby boomers push back against what they see as a liberal indoctrination at their schools. Check out your school and let them know you will never again donate unless they guarantee free speech and stop discriminating against your values. Now, the third thing you can do with your money is to invest it. The challenge with investing will increase over time. We strongly urge everyone to get a good financial advisor to work with, someone who understands the times that we live in and someone willing to understand your needs, wants, and desires for your portfolio. Many of our viewers have said that they want their financial advisor, stockbroker, financial planner, CPA, or insurance agent to know what we cover on this show. That's why we developed a special training program to go into even greater depth 
with professional investors. Now, we don't give financial advice on the show because we have no idea what your personal situation is, but your financial advisor should. So we take our knowledge of what's happening, the tools we use, and make them available in the form of an eight-week online advisor training course. There's nothing like it anywhere in the world. Our training launches this year at Liberty University Online. Your job is to nominate your financial advisor at economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor. If you have a financial advisor and they're not interested in our training, you need a new advisor. Believe me, your financial advisor should care about your values, and if they don't, there are plenty of advisors who will. In addition to our online training, we're pleased to share that we're opening an on-ground training facility just north of DFW Airport. It's an 80-acre facility with 40,000 square foot of buildings, room enough for our studio and the ability to house, feed, and train up to 100 people at a time. It will massively expand our reach and give us a chance to get in-depth with our analysis and research with the top patriots in the country. We've dedicated this facility to God's purpose and would appreciate your prayers as we expand. We plan to close on the property shortly after this episode airs. What a great way to start the new year. Now, there are two more steps, and I'll run through them quickly. Number four, constitutional currency. That's our new initiative. It's designed to work like Bitcoin, but backed by gold, useful as money and supported by the sovereign state of Texas. We unveiled this idea in episode 146, and we re-ran it over Christmas week. Watch for us to really ramp up the idea in the new year. Finally, our fifth thing for you to do in the new year is to educate your neighbor. Build relationships with the community around you. When things get challenging, you'll be better off if you have a community of informed support. You can do this by introducing neighbors and coworkers to our show. This is one of the reasons we produce a weekly economic battle plan that you can download free. We will send you a weekly email reminder with a link to the new show. We want to equip you for the economic war. You're already in it. And we want to make it easy to share our teaching with friends, neighbors, and coworkers. This is going to be a great new year. Everything we've talked about will be summarized in this week's economic battle plan. Get your copy at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.